When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So yeah, what? There it is. Um, welcome along, Nifty. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank, thanks to everyone who's been calling me Nifty. Um, I appreciate the support for this new campaign. The new rename Sam Nifty if, Delaney. If you're listening to this free nine months from now, the Nifty thing's probably gone horribly wrong somehow. <laughs> Uh, but you know this is where it I've was probably start. scandalised myself <laughs> on daytime television, um, and it turns out that nifty is an old colonial racist term that I was unaware of. But then yeah. some fucking snowflake digs yeah. out of the history books the fact that it was used as a derogatory racial remark in the Raj or something, and suddenly I've I become some sort of pariah figure, and I'm hounded. Out of a, uh, and they actually tried to make ours the first <sighs> banned podcast. Yeah, they do it. You know these snowflakes. It's Someone's the sort of thing they do. They, yeah. They're they're relentless. They won't stop. Well, if you do something to displease them, or not to displease them, but if you do something that gives them the opportunity to posture. Yeah. Then they will posture the fuck out of it it's, until it's, you are dead. It's really hard for anyone to get banned completely. I mean, there's been this thing recently, David Icke said his YouTube channel taken off him because he's been spreading 5G, you know, oh, propaganda yeah. Yeah. and all this sort of thing. So YouTube yeah. shut him down. And you've got these cunts going, oh, it's an outrage. It's, a, it's a, an act against free speech and all this yeah. sort of thing. No, Ike still got free speech. He can knock out one of these podcasts like we do and just put it yeah. out. It's dead easy. Yeah. Anyone can put anything out. The trouble is, Ike's had his monetization. He's had his grifting opportunities taken away from him because <laughs> he can't do ads on YouTube anymore. That's the big problem he's got. Uh, it's very cynical what Ike does, I think. Uh, is <laughs> yeah. It, because he... All right, he's probably got a few issues. I've interviewed him and I found him charming. Yeah. Um, And I said, 
Listen, a lot of what you're saying makes sense because he, he takes his arguments from a, a, a reasonable, rational point of view. You know, you don't have to take too much of a leap of imagination mm. to agree with the fact that there are powerful and wealthy interests in society yeah. and in <laughs> politics who don't even necessarily conspire in the way that we we imagine or that we or that fiction tells us they don't meet in woods and dress in robes yeah. and plan it all out. It's just that there is a fortuitous overlap in their agendas yeah. which leads them all to sort of instinctively work towards the same end. Self preservation, isn't it? Which will benefit them and usually be at the expense of the masses. Uh, that's, this is all rational stuff. It's not particularly difficult to appreciate or understand, although there are a lot of people who say, yeah, that is how it works, but there's not really a problem with that. It's na- it's like natural selection or whatever, right? There will be people, not, not me, but there will be people who say it. And so he takes you up on and he takes you the next step, and you can see why he's had a certain amount of success, because he guides you, guides you, guides you. And then he's with me, because <laughs> he would have known I'm Britain's best journalist. He course, stopped. Yeah. He'd have been prepped. And yeah. I said, everything you've said, I said, or more or less everything you've said, I said, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I agree with some of it, and I certainly understand all of it, and none of it seems particularly irrational. I said, but I know, and you must know I know... Did you stand that, up at this point? ...that you believe that Prince Philip is a fucking shape-shifting lizard man... Right, and <laughs> as soon as you say that, yeah. it removes all credibility from everything else you said. And there was a long pause, and he just went, "Well, I just ask people to take, pick and choose what they want yeah. from my <laughs> ideas and theories." Right? You don't have to. If you don't want, I, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you about the lizard <laughs> stuff uh, if you don't feel not. comfortable with that. Yeah. And what was this for? What publication was this for? I think it was for The Guardian. Well, there you go. That's the thing. He's trying to make himself sound rational and reasonable for The Guardian, and he'll yeah, get another... Yeah, it wasn't another... times. <laughs> yeah, he'll get <laughs> another bunch of inquisitive people and then dive into his YouTube channel and then get to the lizard stuff. That's how he's yeah, fucking we, operating, We had it? him on the radio show that, you know, my company made. He came on and, and chatted to Eamon Holmes, and it was the most... Interestingly, it was the, I think it was the most popular item in right. terms of social media shares afterwards... Of anything we did in a, in an, about over two years of right. making that show. Well, there you go. That's got. His- and that's where the cynicism is because, you know, part you know you'll have bosses at that station going, oh, you know, because people are idiots, aren't they? they? Just look at data. They're not really thinking about what mm. they're saying. <laughs> not like us, of course, who take it all so seriously <laughs> and consider ourselves to have a huge responsibility to the public and our listeners. No, but people will go, oh, that was big. Get him on again. Yeah, exactly. You know, but. But should we? Is there an ethical decision to be made here? Mm. Because he is spreading stuff that is ill-researched, to put it mildly, um, and is you know, and and is also effectively, although he's quite skillful about the way in which he hides it, it is effectively to do with hate, right? Mm. And so it's hate speech. So he might not be, what's his name, old Captain Hook, the Muslim preacher, stood on a fucking box outside Finsbury Park Mosque, yeah. shouting death to the infidel. I mean, I've got more respect for it. I've interviewed him as well. And I thought he was fine. I got on like a house on fire with him. Well, because he was like, he was like, yeah, mate, this is what I am. This is who I am. I am what I am. I've got a hook. I've got one eye. And I'm always on about killing the infidel. Take it or leave it. 
right? That was his attitude. Whereas David Icke, I just felt, was a little bit more like slick, trying to make out that what he was saying wasn't that bad. Yeah. But we fucking know, right, what he really thinks. And it's and there's a lot of, you know, racist yeah. undertones to his to his thinking. And I just think, you know, but really, he just knows <clears throat> that that shit is going to get a lot of shares and yeah, it's going to it be captivating to vulnerable people. Yeah. And that is money, isn't yeah, it? he's a grifter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that's why there's all the money. average because his YouTube's been taken away because he can't, he can't monetize it anymore. He can still yeah, why do it. He can he still see get... what he wants to see. He's got his own website, hasn't he? He can host video yeah. on his own website, dead easy. He can do a podcast, dead easy. But it's harder to get people to hand over money. Listen, right, keep YouTube for gamers doing comedy prank videos on their oh, parents please, yeah. or playing FIFA. That is what yeah, it's there for. That's what it's there that for. is what we need right now to keep our spirits up, right? Yeah. That's what Sir John YouTube intended it for when he invented it mm. 20 years ago. 20 years ago, eh? Shall we do some Roy the Rovers? Yeah. We didn't get through the whole of the issue we were looking at last week, which is hardly surprising. Given the, the attitude that we take, I can't remember take. what we were talking about. It's it's the one where it's seventeenth of October, nineteen eighty one, and it had Roy on the front cover, and it said a fistful of trouble, and there was a, oh, yeah. a hairy hand. There's someone throwing a punch at him, yeah. And we got to the bit where on the opposite page, uh, Kenny Logan's dad. Uh, do we know what Kenny Logan's dad's called? Do we've got a, a Christian name for him? I'm not sure we do, do we? Jock. Mr. Look, you've got to call him Jock. Such a Jock r- Look. rubbish joke. Yeah. It's like pathetic. <laughs> they probably wouldn't be too far joke. from. <laughs> Jock. <clears throat> they probably wouldn't be too far from what he he's looks, called. I mean, I've said this before, but he looks uncannily like the legendary Archie Buchanan. Yeah. My former milkman and de facto stepdad. Stepfather, yeah. Um, but he didn't have red hair. That would have been too much of a cliche. Mm. He had brown hair, but his facial features, his hairstyle, and his, his attitude. Tash, his attitude, absolutely. <laughs> and his wardrobe, even the way he's dressed. <laughs> like, Archie was the kind of guy who went around in the 80s, always dressed as if he could be ready for a round of golf. Yeah. Like, he was a member of a slightly down-at-heel golf club. I mean, one of the I mean, lesser golf course. clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> slightly moth-holed Pringle V-neck. Not that there's anything wrong with golf courses like that. There is. Um, there's something wrong with all golf courses. Yeah, fuck off. Um, anyway. <laughs> right, anyway, where are we? Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, Mr. Logan, let's call him, uh, said, uh, you went behind my back. You enticed my son away from me. And Roy says, I didn't entice anyone. Fucking cunt. <laughs> fuck, fuck off. <laughs> Kenny's Get out, me, get out of my fucking driveway. <laughs> Penny, get me gun. Penny, uh, get me gun. Hey, call fucking, call, call the local police. Right, I've got to write in with them because I know them from the uh, Freemasons, don't I? I'll tell you what, we're call, all, call We're all Blackie. fucking mates. <laughs> call, call Blackie and, and Vic Guthrie. Yeah. Um, Kenny, he's old enough to make his own decisions, Mr. Logan. And Logan says, And what happens if he doesn't come up to your expectations? You'll probably throw him on the soccer scrap heap. And that's where we got to last week, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. The soccer scrap yeah, heap. Yeah. And Roy thought, I don't believe it. He's going to take a punch at me. And he does. He takes a swing. <laughs> he has a fucking goal. Roy, Roy's well too quick for him now, isn't he? Is. he? Roy has ducked it. Hey. He's do, he's I'll do it. something silly now. <clears throat> hey, take Old it easy. Timer. It's Roy Race here. 
You're not. We're not playing games, right? If I will warn you, I am giving you a chance to back down and defuse this situation. Only. If you continue to behave in an aggressive and threatening manner, I will be forced to physically engage with you, and this. <laughs> thereby instigating a process that will inevitably lead to your demise. <laughs> I will physically dismantle you. <laughs> I am Roy Race. It is uh, My body is like a lethal weapon. This is my turf. <laughs> uh, Roy shouts, hey, take it easy. And Logan goes, oof. As he throws yeah. the punch. I mean, Logan looks like he might have had a couple of stiff ones before yeah. he turned up. Well, he's, brought his, wife courage. he's brought his wife, yeah. maybe his wife's driving. Oh, um, please don't. And there then, yeah, fucking. There we are. There's his name, Arthur. Arthur Logan. Arthur. She goes, Arthur, stop it. <laughs> uh, and he, it looks You're like. only making things worse for Kenny. He's and he's sort of half cut. He's definitely pissed, isn't he? Yeah. And like, yeah. I think the illustrator's trying to make that clear as well. It's a bit racist because this was an era, an era in which, you know, I feel like, don't you feel that in the 80s there was more racism against Scots than yeah, there was? Yeah, well, of course, because there was always the, the Englishman, Scotsman, Irishman joke and all the tropes. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we know the Irish suffered a huge amount of it. Well, more, yeah, Scots, you know. Scot- the Scots were tight. Um, they were yeah. drunkards. Yeah, you know you don't get. It. I mean, you know, Russ Abbott did his Scotsman routine every yeah. Saturday night, didn't he? He did. Now Jimmy there's the millions Scotsman. of people up there in Scotland, and this TV show went out to everyone. Mm. And you got to think a lot of TV and popular culture, like this comic we're reading here, mm. was by English for English, and yet yeah. was distributed to all four of the countries it was. in the in the UK. It was. Like there is a. A brilliant clip, which I remember you and I were watching when we were on tour, of Limmy yes. doing a sort of one of his Twitch videos of an old episode of Three Two One. Yeah, it won't surprise you to know, listeners, that this is how Andy and I passed the time when we were on tour. <laughs> um, and and a fucking Pancho's trying to call me. I'll give you an update <laughs> on that on tomorrow's episode. Nice. He's non-stop since lockdown happened. I mean, I, I hardly spoke to Panther about two years, and now it's mm-hmm. like every day. Well, anyway, I did warn you. <laughs> the Amazon Pan, thing. Uh, you know, the, and Limmy's doing this thing. He's going, Ted Rogers makes a throwaway joke about how stupid Scottish people are, yeah. right? And he pauses it, and he goes, you know, he goes, see, when I was eight years old, sat watching that home. I fucking hated that cunt. <laughs> I wished, I wished death upon him. <laughs> right? And I'm sitting Where there thinking, it? I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not fucking surprised, right? Because you're an eight-year-old kid, you just think you're, you're living your life, right? And then some smug cunt, right, with a pet dustbin with a face, right, <laughs> down in London or whatever, in his fucking silly outfit and his fake tan. It's just fucking being racist to you yeah. and your people and laughing about it. And then the people who he's with laugh about it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, yeah, ha, Scots. There's fucking millions of Scots watching it. You can't mm-hmm. get away with that. I mean, you know, we've got Scottish listeners. We, we've always, we had a great reception in Glasgow and Edinburgh. And we're both big fans of, of Scotland. You, you, you know, toyed with the idea of living there. You consider Glasgow to be Britain's best city. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, with good reason. But you just sort of think, 
What I mean, for instance, what did you make of Russ Abbott's Scotsman character? I I'm going to admit that when I was a kid, I found it hilarious. But now looking back, I'm thinking, well, what's the difference between that and Jim Davidson doing Chalky White? Not at all. <laughs> Although at all. again, and I just want to be honest. I also found Chalky White <laughs> hilarious when I was a kid. I did. Well, that was it. That was different types of different attitudes. And, like, you know, mm. blokes would make jokes about shagging their secretary and all this sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, I watched it, I watched the thing about it. was It was looking back at the, the history of snooker. And it was Ray Reardon. It was a clip of Ray Reardon on the Parkinson show. And he was, mm. he was telling this joke. And in the joke, this fella uh, had taken... Um, his female co-worker, it might have been his secretary, he'd taken her to the pub after work and then they'd ended up back at her place and they had her off. Mm. And then he went back to his wife. And this everyone's like laughing and chortling at all of this sort of thing. And that You told that joke now, you'd be fucking ran off the TV. Yeah. You'd never get oh, on yeah. again. Unbelievable. It's Different sort of times, you'd expect. It? It's the sort of thing you'd expect me to turn up on this morning and do. <laughs> and then go, <laughs> yeah. what? What's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> fucking fucking about. Light it up, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, but well, the, that's that's a couple of good things to recommend as well. They're called Talking Snooker, two parts on iPlayer. That sounds great. And there's also Steve Davis, Forty Years of the Crucible. If you like your snooker, have a look at them. I um, love snooker of that era, but it's weird snooker, isn't it? Because you have nostalgic memories of its golden age mm. in the eighties when it, mm. it kind of overtook football, didn't it? Because football's going through its bad period, yeah. so television execs thought let's invest in snooker right and um and it was great but snooker's just the same as now it's not like football's changed like when you watch the old Mm. football stuff on youtube i was watching a bit of west ham not even that long ago like we're talking mid 90s right we're not going back to the 70s mid 90s i was looking on facebook this morning because there's a a west ham guy posts like archive footage every day Mm. and the football was it was West Ham Leicester in the mid nineties. It was absolutely diabolical. Every goal <laughs> came from mistakes. It yeah. never came from skill. It always came from the fact that none of the players had a decent touch. Yeah. So basically, the ball pinged everywhere because it pinged to a player, mm. and a player couldn't control it. So it would ping off his foot into the path of a striker, Someone and the striker would score. Yeah. Right. That was what football was like not that long ago. But snooker doesn't hasn't evolved like that. Snooker, snooker. But snooker for some reasons. Has- it never feels the same as it did in 1985. I think back then it sort of we didn't have as much to watch, so it took up more of our yeah. attention. I still love mm. watching snooker. I find it really mm. soothing. It's relaxing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I really, really enjoy. It. I, only recently I've kind of got back into it. The last couple of years, I really, really enjoy watching it. But I don't know any of the characters anymore because I just don't know any of the characters. Was that a punch or a ring it again? Yeah, it's third time. In the course, we've been recording for I don't know how long, not long. The punch is called three times, and I know what it's about. It's he's he's been on the phone on Sunday, and he wanted some new tops. Mm-hmm. And I sort of said this is the last time because I can't become your personal shopper, mm-hmm. right? Because he's going to me on the phone, Sam. Everything's on the internet now, isn't it? You know, like he's only yeah. just discovered the internet, but he has no access to it. So anyway, he needed three tops. And he's given me a brief about what tops they were, what size, what colour. So I, I then come off the phone. I search every clothes website, all of them, right? And I Tops. report back to him. And because Pancho is of a particular size, yeah. right? <laughs> um, you know, I was fairly limited. 
So I said, I can't get the exact one you want, but I can get it in these colours. And he's like this. Fucking hell, mate. Are you sure? And I go, mate, I've been looking. This is my Sunday night. The kids are downstairs wanting to start the film. I've just been looking for 20 minutes online. Trust me. Are you sure? I mean, like, is it worth checking again? He's got me checking again. I don't know what how he did it. He sucked me into his world. Then I call back and I say, look, this is enough now. Do you want them or not? And he's gone, yeah, how much? And the thing is, I've gone to him. I, I, don't, I won't expose how much money he's spending. He hasn't got that much money. But I thought, it's not for me to judge. Mm-hmm. He's an adult. He's, he's, he's about eight years older than me. I'm not going to start telling him what to spend his money on. That's his business. But I went, this is how much they are. And he went like this. How much? Fucking hell. I can't afford that. As if I was the one setting the price. <laughs> I went, Pancho. To I'm just the... I'm just the fucking intermediary here. I'm not going to fucking barter on the price. That's how much it is. I'm not making a markup. Do you want yeah. it or don't you want it? Oh, fuck, you know, you sure you can't look and get it cheaper somewhere? I was like, I've had enough of this. So I go, but I'm not going to buy it. He goes, right, I need them really quick. Can you order them now? I said, to be honest, no. I want the money dropped around my mum's in the usual procedure. Usual, yeah. You know the drill. Same thing, happen- same thing happened. I called up my mum. And I said, listen, Pancho's gonna... And then in the background, thunk. She went, oh, there it is. I just saw an envelope of cash come. <laughs> <laughs> I can't him, when you go around to my mum's, do not knock on the door. Why not, Sam? Because of the virus. The what? The virus. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah, that fucking thing. Fucking my mum's in her 70s. Don't knock on her door. She can't come out. Nah, it's not got that bad, has it? And I go, yes, don't you watch your news? He goes, no, I don't really watch it. He goes, where is it? Just London. I went, mate, it's not just London, it's all UK. Oh, it's man. as far as Bolivia, which is obviously where he's from. Yeah. When I said Bolivia, he really he went, Whoa. He went, yeah. are you fucking serious? And I went, yeah. He went, you telling me that people aren't allowed out in Bolivia? And I went, no, mate, there's no escape. You can't, don't think you can run away to Bolivia. It's probably worse out there. And it shocked him to his court. Anyway, the tops were due to be delivered today. I don't know whether he's calling to confirm they've been delivered or complaint. And it will be a complaint if they yeah. haven't, like I'm personally responsible. Yeah. But he is calling non-stop while we're trying to do this. He'll call again in the next 60 seconds, I'm telling you now. Yeah, he will. Jalapeño. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. But I was just about to say snooker has got better because... On that one of those documentaries, there was footage of Cliff Thorburn getting the first ever televised one four seven, and he was three balls away from doing it, and he was fucking bricking it. And then when he finally did it, he dropped to his knees and raised his cue above his head. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. That that was an atonement win. That was the first ever televised one four seven, which he got something like ten grand for because it was so rare. I mean, you don't get one four sevens in every match now. Was Cliff Thorburn the bald one? No, he was the Canadian with lustrous hair and oh, moustache. Oh, Canadian, a bit yeah. Like a porn star. Um, who was Bill... Where was Bill Warbanak from? He was from Canada. He was from Canada He was the well, one who so drank two about, Canadas. He would, he would drink like a pint per frame sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. 
Dead and did he live in a ca- which one lived in a caravan with his own optics and keg? I, it was one of those two. I think it might have been Bill Werbeneck. Werbeneck, I imagine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but Wer- Werbeneck, when Cliff Thorburn was doing this, Werbeneck was playing. You know, they have the divider down the crucible and they've got yeah. two matches going on at once. Werbeneck was peeking around the corner of the divider watching this 147. <laughs> yeah, now look at this. And he, and he, and he came out and, and hugged Thorburn when oh, he did it. Oh, Canadian camaraderie. It was great. But, I mean, 147 happen more often now. Because the, the quality of players better. They've got but, better. Yeah. But I suppose back, what so, those yeah. guys did was they made it mainstream. It totally. might have been niche before and then like everyone was playing it. Like when we were kids, when we were teenagers, there was a snooker club. And yeah. that's just where everyone went yeah. every day and hung around, mm-hmm. you know. I had a snooker table in the house when I was a kid. That was my Christmas did present you? one year, yeah. So you were probably Six really good then. Foot. I was then. Wouldn't be now. Yeah. Not on a 12-foot table. Fucking hell. My mate Lawrence had a... Had a um, at a snooker table and it's and obviously just played non-stop all day yeah. and became brilliant and he would just invite all of his mates all of us around and play us all for money and rinse us out <laughs> and the other day we had a one of those lockdown zoom chats me right. and my old mates from school yeah uh and because everyone's all living in different places across across the world and he's in on it and he took delight in saying not only did i do you all for money legit on my snooker table in a game that none of you he goes I was effectively charging you to play snooker at my house right yeah he went but on top of that because this was the Manchester era and all of us wore really 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 baggy jeans right he said that while there was other people sitting waiting for their turn they sat on the sofa in the snooker room yeah, and he said, as soon as you all left, I would just go down the b- back of the pillows, <laughs> right? He goes, and I would get like up to a tenner every night bonus yeah. on top of the money I'd won. And we, he was laughing about this, sat up in Manchester in his house. Yeah. We were absolutely fucking fuming. He was the guy who came to the M- Manchester gig. The oh right, one. yeah, that fucker. Fucking hell, I think less of him now. Yeah, he should. But uh, yeah, what what snooker? Uh, where were we? Yeah, Melchester. <laughs> so, so Arthur Logan is being almost picked up off the ground, dragged away by his wife. And she says, you, You're only making things worse for Kenny. Everyone says that he couldn't have signed for a better club. Uh, <laughs> Arthur, she's trying to placate him, but Arthur's having none of it. He says, There's no such thing as a good football club. Look how pissed he is in that one. He's, like, he's literally staggering about. In the ah. middle of the day, in Roy Race's fucking driveway, with there's his almost, wife grabbing him by the arm. There's almost steam coming off his face. Yeah. He's just fucking livid. And then over the page, we've got a close-up of his, his steaming face. And he says, And if there's any chance of bringing my boy to his senses, Reese, I'm going to take it, no matter what the cost to you or Melchester Rovers. Okay, now, another enemy for Roy Race. They're mounting up now. Uh, it's as the fuming father <laughs> climbed back into his car and drove off. He's driving, and you can tell he's, he's fuming because there's lots of smoke coming out of the exhaust pipe and fucking dust off the tyres as he screeches away. <laughs> Roy thinks that sounded like a dangerous threat to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have assessed the words of Arthur Logan, oh, yeah. and I've concluded they are a dangerous threat to me. <laughs> 
He also dangerous threat identified. <laughs> he also mentioned <laughs> Melchester Rovers in the threat as well, but Roy hasn't registered that. Yeah. Uh, Enact security measures, Roy Rice. <laughs> he says, my stars dealing with Arnie Meckiff is going to seem like a picnic after this. <laughs> of course, Arnie Meckiff is Roy's cousin. <laughs> my stars. My fucking stars. I'm going to start <laughs> saying that. Fucking Ada. <laughs> Gordon fucking Bennett. <laughs> 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 what's the fucking uh, what's the source of Gordon Bennett Where does that I know come from? I always wonder that who is Gordon Bennett who started that off <laughs> yeah Gordon we'll look Bennett at that. we'll do a deep dive into it yeah Arnie Metcalf of course in case you've forgotten is Roy's cousin who's come over from Australia made himself at home and then opened a shop at Melchester High Street where he's selling land at a very very low price so that's obviously a scam <laughs> Uh, Roy gets back in the house his children uh, come come to him his daughter appears to have the face of a 75 year old woman in this one yeah uh, and oh his, yeah god and his um, his son is that who's that fella who's the ups, upscale London plumber Charlie oh, yeah. someone P- Pimlico Plumbers Pimlico Plumber. yeah his son has turned into the Pimlico Plumber he looks like plumber. Pimlico Plumbers and she looks like Pauline Fowler after a night up the fucking... A heavy night in the Vic. But they're both like four foot eight. Yeah. It's I tell you what, Penn, these two, I'd practically jump out of my skin when I fucking saw them running at me. Oh, fuck. Is it Halloween again? Jesus Christ. Could you do something about the way these, these fucking terrifying faces... They look like fucking monsters. Are you sure they're mine? Because I'm a fucking good-looking man. Look at these monsters. Uh, uh, fuck Penny... All due respect, obviously I'm fond of them because they're McKith and Kinlight, but they're like, <laughs> they're fucking grotesque, the pair of them. <laughs> I don't scare easy, but I fucking, I'll shit my pants when those two turn up home from school. Penny, I've got a question for you. Did you, seven years ago, have it off with the Hollywood star Marty Feldman? Because <laughs> I think they could, he could be the father of these kids. But no, it says, as Roy soon discovered, his cousin had already packed his bags. Oh, any idea where he's gone, Penny? Any message? He says, no, Roy. He just said he'd found a flat or something. <laughs> and that he'd be in touch. <laughs> I found a flat or something. Tell her. <laughs> Tell Roy I found a flat or something like that. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sleeping <laughs> on the floor of the shop. Sleeping in my battered sports car. That's where I feel most at home anyway. <laughs> he says, uh... Well, if he doesn't, someone's going to get in touch with him. And I know just the man for the job. Okay, now Roy reaches for oh. his trim phone. Um, his name's fucking Mr. B. Gray Esquire. <laughs> Blackie, get the gravel in the sock, pal. I've got a little job for you. Someone needs disappearing. <laughs> Fast. <laughs> He's reaching for the phone. Uh, Penny says, what do, you, what do you mean, Roy? What are you going to do? Perhaps we'll find out. It's the fucking pace of this is ramping up fast, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Next, we go across to... It's outside Melchester's ground. There's a TV film unit there. Um, and it just says, Roy kept quiet about his plans for Arnie Meckiff as he arrived at the Melchester Stadium the following day. And he's thinking to himself, Hello, looks like the television boys are here in force today. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of aye, course... Aye, <laughs> aye, aye, telly time. <laughs> so 
uh, of course, a television series entitled The Magic of Melchester was being made about the Rovers. Would you make a TV series called The Magic of the name of a football team that's just been uh, fucking relegated? <laughs> It'd scrap it, wouldn't it? The Magic of West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> and then on the pitch we see Elton Blake, who's just the exact spit of Roy Race. But his arms and legs are all over the place. He's stumbling around. Shit at football. Trying to uh, slalom through some poles with a ball at his feet. And he's making a fucking shitting nightmare of it. Pigs here. Yeah. Uh, Roy says, and that looks like Elton Blake, the star of the series. The chap who was playing the part of me. Bit of exposition there for you. Yeah. In case you weren't sure what's going on. Uh, he might as well have just added, fuck me, he's shit. Oh, bloody hell, Pencho. The programme director... Was that your phone ringing again? <laughs> it was Pancho again. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, Why man. Get involved? We have to start recording these conversations for uh, <laughs> platinum subscribers. Yeah, the Pancho tapes. We'll go another, <laughs> another level, Pancho Club. Do you know what he's doing as well? He's leaving a voicemail every time. So I now have four voicemails. Yeah. There's nothing, And there's nothing more annoying than receiving a voicemail, is there? Yeah. Well, what we'll do at the end of this episode, we'll just keep recording, and then yeah. you can have a listen to one of the voicemails and tell us what he wanted, because everyone's <laughs> going to want to know. So <laughs> the thing go. is, what I know is he'll be annoyed with me mm. about like an unsatisfactory outcome to yeah. his order, and like all I'm doing is a favour. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I did. I think I might have said to you, you opened a can of worms with this, because how no, can this? How can um, this end? Until lockdown he's, ends, anyway. He's, he's a. This is a vulnerable person. He is. Where's he normally you know get his I mean? tops then? Uh, he usually goes up the shops, but yeah, he's the top to shops. his surprise because he's not really acknowledged COVID nineteen. He is yeah. confused well, that when he goes to his usual sh- his usual boutiques, right, yeah, that he likes to visit, they're all shut, and he can't work out why. <laughs> so he's got on the phone to me because he. <laughs> He is aware that I have access to the internet. The internet, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, so the programme director, Dennis Lauder, was waiting for Roy. Lauder, of course, is a, a, a fucking sinister-looking cunt with a beard but no moustache. Um, he says, we'll only be filming for about half an hour, Roy. Then you can get on with training. And uh, Hang on a minute. Do you know what I mean? Well, you're gonna, I can do training once you finish filming. That's not fucking imagine, right. Why so, imagine training? Roy Keane in a situation like this, right? Can you imagine Roy Keane? Uh, like if they were making a documentary about Manchester United back in the day mm. and some punts like this guy, the director, comes up and goes, <laughs> uh, Roy, yeah, you can't start training yet. We need to film what we call pickups with you. It yeah. won't take long. What the fuck are you talking about? Fucking, fucking pickups. You take a camera. I tell you where you can film up your fucking rectum. <laughs> take a nice fucking shot. I'll do it for you if you want. Firm your fucking lower intestine. <laughs> so Make a show out is, of that, the magic of your ass. Loader is dictating when training happens by the looks of it. And Roy says, that's okay, Dennis. But I suppose it is okay because we're in Division 2. We're in Division 2, we're fucking walking it. I don't even need to fucking train. Uh, yeah, I've got says, half speed here. What's Elton Blake doing here in full kit? Uh... And Dennis Lauder says, he's uh, not turning out too well in the close-up action shots. So I was hoping you'd give him a bit of coaching so that he lo- at least looks like a oh, footballer. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, how much you're offering? 
That's another fucking thing on my plate. And it, I <laughs> got mean, fucking, I got to train this fucking acting fairy to kick a ball about. And the state of it, the ball's just bouncing off his foot, fucking four yards from the goal. It says Blake had already accused Roy of trying to get him sacked from the series, and he's just trying to take a shot, and he's took up a big clod of turf while he's hit a shot, and he goes, "Ow!" And Roy's thinking, and now I've got to turn him into a footballer. But he, he's hopeless. He can't even kick a football properly. The twat. The twat. And that's the end of that one. And it says, next week, there's no end to Roy's mounting problems. And it's true, there's not, because we know what's coming. Mark's yeah, I mean, 10. it is stressful. Even now, before anything, we know that there's something even more dramatic happening. But if in one day, you know, you discovered your cousin had opened a fucking hooky land... Mm-hmm. Sales agency in your local town. But a drunk Scotsman take a swing. A drunk at you. Scotsman's turned up at your house and tried to punch you, and threatened you. Then there's a load of fucking TV people fucking then around at a, work, a, so you can't get your job done. Parents of the kids as well, and the kids are like growing more grotesque by the day. <laughs> it's bloody stressful. <laughs> so that's um, that. I will give that a nine. Yeah, it's a nine. It was a good one. It rattled along mm. that one. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see what happens next. We're, we're building up towards something massive. You might know what it is, you might not, so we'll not give any spoilers away just yet. But um, it's coming. Uh, that's it for this one. We'll be back with another one next week. Do you want to stay on the line and give us an update on Pancho's voicemail after the music? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, so stay tuned if you want to hear what's going on uh, with Pancho in lockdown. A little bit. Um, but either way, until next time. TTFN. TTFN. The tops turned up, one of them. The other one, which I had to get off eBay because it was a particular type that I just couldn't find other than from an eBay seller, <laughs> isn't there yet. He's a bit disgruntled about that. Right, yeah. Um, and and asked me the same question about its anticipated arrival five or six times. Mm. Um, however, now, and you, everyone saw this coming, are you busy now? I said, yeah, I'm on mm. another call. It's just that there's something else I require. Mm. And I thought, here we go. Every day there's going to be a new thing. Mm-hmm. This sounds like I've made it up, but this is true. He wants a VHS tape, right? <laughs> or tapes, I should say. And Blank I said, Pancho, or a specific one? I said, Pancho, what are you talking about? No one has VHS anymore. He said, I do. I bought a VHS, a video recorder, he mm-hmm. called it, from a shop in Hammersmith, an electrical shop. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And he went, and I have managed to acquire a copy of Terminator on VHS mm-hmm. from my friend Barry Davis. Don't think it's the Barry Davis, <laughs> although he does like live in West London. Yeah, yeah, he actually does live not far from here. I see him around sometimes. <laughs> so it could be Barry a oh, Pancho. Pancho, would you like to borrow my uh, copy of Terminator? I've only got it on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it for one week. <laughs> then I'll need it back because it's my birthday and I've invited some friends around for a Terminator night. <laughs> We're getting uh, one and a half litre bottle of Coca-Cola <laughs> and uh, stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. <laughs> and and a bag uh, of flops. Just go- 
Yeah. <laughs> For gonna, afters. Are we going to watch the fuck out of Terminator? <laughs> and then I don't know, maybe some of them will just stay the night, sleep on my floor or something like that. <laughs> it's going to play by ear. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure Martin Tyler's coming. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of David Coleman. <laughs> We're going to summon Coleman up on the Ouija board. <laughs> Mossy's not Monty, invited, obviously. Mossy can't come. Not after last, so he tried to touch my mum's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so he goes. He goes. I've got a list of films I need you to get for me on VHS. That's what he said. That is, said, is this some kind I, of game show challenge? It's like Taskmaster This is like going to be a fucking saga now because fucking can you imagine how difficult that's going to be? Well, this I, is, I've, I've got a VHS recorder, Sam. Have you? Yeah, I bought one last year off eBay because I want well, to digitise videos that I've got that are long since forgotten. I said to him, don't you want to um, get a DVD player instead? And he, he said, DVDs are too vague, Sam. Too vague? Yeah, what does no that mean? idea what that means, but he said they're far too vague for him. You can get any film on DVD for a quid now. I oh, know. I bet it's more expensive on VHS because they've be, sort of yeah. gone v- Collect- vintage. Collector's items. Yeah. Well, there we go then. That's the latest from Pancho's well, I, what Shopping What I will Odyssey. do is either on Twitter or on the next episode, I will. I cannot wait to give you the list of films Pancho requests from me. Mm. Good, good, good new thread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Pancho thanks Film for the Club. update. Okay, lads, see Cheers. you later. Bye Keep bye. it cunty. Bye. This is it. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.